We are going to look at a topic that says, Do not harden your heart. And the text will be taken from Hebrews chapter 3, and I will read from 7 to 19. Hebrews chapter 3, from verse 7 to 19. Father, Lord, I thank you once again. Thank you for how you've led us through the worship. Thank you for the worship team. Thank you for the strength. Thank you, Father, for all that you are doing in our midst, O Lord. This morning, Father, I'm not speaking of my own, but speak to your people, even through me, unlikely vessel. Blessed be your name. Amen. Coming here this morning in itself is um, it's a grace to fellowship with one another. It is a great testimony of God's love and faithfulness. And it is our hope and prayer that you remain in control, even in our individual lives. Father, blessed be your name. Therefore, let us rejoice and give thanks to God for the opportunity he gives us today to praise and worship him in the beauty of his holiness. It is through worshiping that we can appreciate what God is doing in our lives, even as a church. When you come to look at it, so many people are going through a very traumatic period in their life. Some are facing great challenges. Some have um, you know, a medical condition. Some are in prison for even offense they did not commit. Looking at the, uh, you know, the situation on the ground today, we seem to have smartened from the grip of COVID. But we are now back to the grip of Putin and his, uh, you know, the war that is going on. We should not be discouraged by all this. In all this, God has a way. He has a program. We only need to avail ourselves. And in time to come, when he begins to reveal his plans, we will see everything falling in place and we'll be able to give thanks to him for all this. Yes, some have found themselves in the valley of life. Many have lost hope. Even the, some of the legs, you know, we are alive today, 
not because of our righteousness or that we are special. It's not because of anything that we have done right. But it's just by the grace of God that we are existing. So we will always give thanks to him. All the same, we are here today, hell and heart, and alive in the land of the living, just by the grace of God. Back to our text today. Chapter 3, Hebrew chapter 3, I will read from 7. Seven said, Therefore, as this Holy Spirit says, Today, if you hear his voice, do not harden your heart, as in the rebellion, in the day of trial, in the wilderness, where our fathers tested me, tried me, and saw my work forty years. Therefore, I was angry with that generation and said, they always go astray in their heart, and they have not known my ways. So I swore in my wrath, they shall not enter my rest. Beware, brethren, lest there be in you, lest there be in any of you an evil heart of unbelief in departing from the living God. But exhort one another daily, while it is daily, while it is called today, lest any of you be hardened through the deceitfulness of sin. For we have become partakers of Christ. We hold the beginning of our confidence steadfast to the end. While it is said, today, if you will hear his voice, do not harden your heart as in the rebellion. For who having had who haven't had rebelled, indeed was it not all who come out of Egypt led by Moses? Now with whom was he angry forty years? Was it not with those who sinned, whose corpses fell in the wilderness? And to whom did he swear that he would not enter his rest? But to those who did not obey. So we see that they could not enter in because of unbelief. Amen. I would also like us to look at the book of Titus. Book of Titus, chapter, chapter 3, I will read from 4 to 6. But when the kindness and the love of God our Savior towards man appeared, 
not by works of righteousness, which we have done, but according to his mercy, he saved us through the washing of regeneration and renewing of the Holy Spirit, whom he poured out on us abundantly through Jesus Christ, our Savior. Amen. History is said to be a very, import, is very important in that it teaches us things of the past. Mistakes can be avoided and corrected if we learn from it. I can't recall any period in history more perilous than now. As I said earlier, we have witnessed a period of global pandemic. We are at the verge of another world war, a period of global uncertainty. We are being squeezed in every corner. What we used to buy with a euro is now costing twice or even a triple. The cost of fuel, as we all know, is like keep on going. So we are being squeezed in every corner, both economically, socially. We are being made to believe that God does not exist. And some people, some quarters, are championing it. All these things could cast doubt in the mind of even those that are strong in the Lord, those that really believe. All these things that are going on is capable of derailing us. But this morning, the Bible said that we should not harden our heart, no matter what. God has a program. And in his own time, he does his things. And sometimes, in fact, in most times, we don't understand it. We don't understand God's program because he sees what we cannot see. He knows what we cannot, we cannot even understand his ways, no matter how deep we go. But through his grace, he conditions us and we go through all these things. And our prayer will be to come out better Christians, better believers, strong, and that we will be able to do exploit in his name and draw souls unto him. So by his grace, our eyes have seen the mighty hand of God in action over our lives and families, even in the face of all these things, over the church and the communities. I'm glad that every day in this church, people are stepping forward, doing things, partaking, being part of, the <clears throat> part of this. And it is my prayer that each and every one of us will continue to grow and be part of God's program. He's been keeping us sound and safe, preserving our lives according to his faithfulness. Therefore, we should neither be discouraged nor harden our hearts. We should be open 
And as such, today's passage can be considered in two ways. Number one, as a warning. And secondly, as a gentle admonition. Here, the passage, the people of Israel failed because they hardened their hearts and did not receive the word of God with faith. <clears throat> Sorry. It's one thing to hear the word of God. And it's another thing to open our heart and receive it and allow it to dwell and impact our lives. Sometimes we can, you know, listen with uh, all pleasure, but within a twinkle of an eye, it just vanished. What we want and what we always pray for is that the word of God, even as we listen to it, will dwell in us. Thank you, Brian. Will dwell in us and help us to, thank you, and help us to develop. So we should not harden our heart when we receive the word of God. We can only do so when we receive it without faith. And to harden our heart is to commit an act of wickedness in spite of the knowledge of the truths one has received. The greatest evil in the world today is unbelief. Failure to believe God. And unbelief locks out God's blessings forever. When we don't believe or when we, we approach God without, fear, without faith, we, unlock, we lock out ourselves. We lock out ourselves from all the blessings that are created in, um, in God's presence. Today, I want us to respond to Christ before our heart grows cold and we end up not knowing God or separating ourselves from God forever. Hardening one heart <clears throat> is a deliberate disobedience to God. You go with me to the book of Psalm. The book of Psalm 95. Psalm 95. 7 to 11. He say, For he is our God, and we are the people of his pasture, and the sheep of his hand. Today, if you will hear his voice, do not harden your heart, as in the rebellion, as in the day of trial in the wilderness. When your fathers tested me, they tried me, though they saw my work. For 40 years, I was grieved with that generation and said, 
It is a people who go astray in their hearts, and they do not know my ways. So I swore in my wrath, they shall not enter my rest. This very psalm, it is an illustration where David is speaking about Moses. And according to one commentator, God was working miracle in Israel, miracle after miracle. But when they get to the wilderness, they hardened their hearts and refused to believe God. That unbelief in the face of overwhelming evidence. And this is the picture of what David said in Psalm 95 as he warned his people in his days. Today, there are people that have been exposed to the gospel constantly. They have been witnessed to, preached to, prayed for, talked to, and have, and have seen God at work in many ways around them. Yet they still harden their hearts, just like the Israelites in the wilderness after they left Egypt. So what does today mean? It is urgency. Today stands for urgency. It means in the days of grace. It means now. And it means while there is still opportunity. That opportunity might not be tomorrow. Today is very, very important. Hardening your heart is a matter of personal action. It is a personal choice. Personal will or personal decision. If you choose to harden your heart. If you go with me to the book of Exodus. Exodus 17. Exodus 17, 1 to 7. When all the congregation of the children of Israel set out on their journey from the wilderness of sin, according to the commandment of the Lord, and camped in Rephidim. But there was no water for the people to drink. Therefore the people contented, contented with, uh, with Moses and said, Give us water that we may drink. So Moses said to them, Why do you contend with me? Why do you tempt the Lord? And the people thirsted there for water. And the people complained against Moses and said, Why is it you have brought us up out of Egypt to kill us and our children and our livestock with dust? So Moses cried out to the Lord, saying, What shall I do with these people? They are almost ready to stone me. And the Lord said to Moses, Go on before the people and take with you some of the elders of Israel, 
Also take in your hand your rod with which you struck the river and go. Behold, I will stand before you there on the rock in Horeb, and you shall strike the rock, and water will come out of it, that the people will drink. And Moses did so in the sight of the elders of Israel. So he called the name of the people of the place, Maza and Meribah, because of the contention of the children of Israel, and because they tempted the Lord, saying, is the Lord amongst us or not? Here, Moses was saying, you've already seen God at work. He has already proven himself. Why are you tempting him now? This pattern was repeated over and over. God, we know you. We know that you are real. We have seen what you've been doing. We have seen what you've done before. Before we we'll be fully committed to you, show us more signs, more miracles, more evidence. We want to know whether you are real. This is the mind of so many believers. We want to believe, we want to believe you, God. We want to know if you really exist. Yes, we have seen what you have done in the past, but do it once more so that we can believe you. That's not a Christian mindset, a believer's mindset. We believe God not by miracle. We believe God not by how we feel, we believe God because he is God, nothing else. He has shown himself. He has paid the price. He has done it all. What else do we need? It is challenging God unnecessarily. He is faithful. If God say, I will do this, that will be in his own time. Sometimes we always need a quick service. We want it now or even never. We should learn to ask and listen. We should learn to knock and wait. We should learn to approach God with faith believing that he's there, believing that he knows it all, believing that whatever is standing against us, that he knows about it, believing that our health is in his hand, our life is in his hand, the situation of things are in his hand, he's in control. That should be our mindset. That should be the right approach. Because if you approach God with your own agenda, telling God to do this, you might be disappointed. Maybe what you want now might be, might lead you to destruction. 
And God might decide to delay it. God might decide to take it away from you. And that's why in every situation, we give thanks and praise to God, believing that he is in control, that he still sits in his throne. We should not challenge him or put our own agenda first. God is able. He's completely able to do all things. So the Israelites, they established a pattern of testing God, and still, they never believe. You don't need more evidence, folks, unless you are just unwilling to commit yourself to Christ because you love your sin or the world or selfish desire. But one day God is going to say, you've had enough evidence, enough time, enough proof, enough teaching, enough examples, and enough opportunity. Let us learn to believe and trust him in everything we do. Always approach life with optimism and walk by faith, not by sight. Without faith, you cannot please God. Hebrews chapter 11, 16, uh, 6. Without faith, it's impossible. And Matthew 7, 21, 23 said, Not everyone who says to me, Lord, Lord, shall enter the kingdom of heaven, but he who does the will of the Lord. Many will say to me in that day, Lord, have we not prophesied in your name, cast out demons in your name, and do so many wonders in your name? And then I will declare to them, I never knew you. Depart from me, you who practice lawlessness. So many people will be right at the doorstep of Jesus, but never take that step. Some pastors and men of God shall be like signboard, directing people to God, but they themselves remain static. They will not make it. Just like the sign we have here, it directs people, show people that there is service going on here, Calvary Chapel is here. It cannot move from there to come in here. So many pastors, so many church leaders, so many Christians are like that. They do a lot of evangelism, talk to people, direct them to God, but they themselves will never make it. So what's the point? While you save others, save yourself. While you direct others, make sure that you lead the way that those will follow. Brothers and sisters, we don't need more proof. God has already done it. We don't need any proof anymore. We don't need any miracle anymore. God is in the business of blessing his people, 
He's in the business of healing his people. He's in the business of opening doors and windows of opportunity for, for us to, you know, excel. We don't need more examples, no evidence from God. Jesus has already proved himself. He is greater than the angels. He's greater than Moses. He's greater than the law or the old covenant. Do not continue to ignore him. Because one day, your heart will be hard. And tomorrow will be here. And it will be too late. Father Lord, I thank you for this short message that you laid in my heart to share to your people. Lord, I pray that it shall be like a seed that is planted beside the stream of water, that it may germinate in their heart, in our hearts, and bear fruit. Lead us, O Lord. We don't need more evidence. We don't need more miracles, enough of miracles and evidence and samples and examples. Show us the ways. Lead us. Guide us. Even in the most challenging part of our lives, O Lord, guide us too. We know you are there. We know you are capable. See us through. Whatever any of us is going through, we know that you are aware of it and you are in control. Father, give us peace of mind, knowing that you are there for us. Touch our heart to know that you are always there, that we are not alone, that victory is assured. Blessed be your name. Lord, I commit every family here into your holy hand. As our faces differ, so our needs. I pray that you touch every heart. Meet each and every one of us at the point of our needs, O Lord. That doors and windows that have been shut against us, O Lord, you know why. And you said that you are committed to open them even wider for us. Give us the grace to remain faithful and to be part of your program. I commit those that are sick, whether in the hospitals or at home, wherever they are this morning, I pray that your healing spirit will meet them right now in the name of Jesus. Those stiff muscles and bones Father, make them flexible again in the name of Jesus. That acute headache, Father, 
He said, by my stripe we are healed. Lord, heal each and every one of us of all our infirmity. And blessed be your name. I lift up, lift up our finances before thee, O Lord. And I pray, you that creates wealth, Father, bless us. And I lift up our countries, our nations, our leaders, place them before thee, O Lord. Father, it is my prayer that you take your rightful position in the helm of our face. For wherever you are, there is progress. Wherever you are, there is peace and unity. And wherever you are, there is abundance of love. Blessed be your name. Thank you as we pray this morning. In Jesus' name, amen.